Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everybody and welcome back to the American Tennis Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network. Have a special roundtable episode for you guys tonight. Tonight joining me is um, Alec Dardis and Alistair Hurry, former Division I college players, now coaches. And the first thing we're going to start off talking about is now that the Grand Slams are over, I just want to take a look at how the Americans did this year. Lots of cool storylines that have come from there. Things to talk about. Why don't we start with you, Alec, first. Go ahead. Give me your thoughts on the Americans this year, how they did. Yeah, I mean, I think there were a few moments that were good, especially from Fritz. He uh, got to the finals in Nottingham, which was pretty solid. Tiafo got to the quarters of Australian Open, which was solid. Although there were no big breakthroughs at the majors besides Tiafo, arguably. So I think we definitely need to step that up if we want to see the Americans actually do well against the top three, top five. But, you know, they're all still very young. We have some older vets like John Isner, Sam Query, and Steve Johnson. You can put him in that group as well. Um, but we still have a lot of time. But on the other hand, there are other next-gen players like Zverev, Tsitsipas, Kyrgios, who are doing much better than our Americans. So I think that should be a wake-up you know, wake call for, for our Americans. That's a great point. Yeah, I think we just get so excited to see American players up on our TV screen, but then, like you said, you compare them to these other guys from other countries who are actually killing it, and we're like, okay, well, it's kind of not good enough just to be on TV. Like, right. You need to do something. Uh, Alistair, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go a little harder on the American men than uh, Alec just did. I-, I think it was a little disappointing, especially how it started off for me. You know, you had Francis Tiafu at the Australian Open making a great run, making the quarters. He beat guys like Anderson uh, and Dimitrov. You know, great run there. And past that, from the rest of the year, he didn't do too much. I mean, I, I'm I'm looking at his results. He lost, I think, second round of Wimbledon, uh, second round of the U.S. Open, and, and just didn't have the results. Right now he's 43 in the world, and for someone who started off the year that hot, that that's a little disappointing to me compared to his peers like Paws. And, I mean, even a team, the guys I'm comparing him to, Diminor, disappointing. And, you know, Isner, you know, the veteran American out there, giant serve, he was hurt. So I give him a bit of a pass. He, he missed the whole clay season. And when he came back, he didn't really have those results that I, I wanted to see from him. He lost, I think he lost second round of Wimbledon, third round of the U.S. to Chilich in a match he should have won. Mm-hmm. So not really going deep in the majors. And then for Fritz, you know, a very, very consistent year, very encouraging. He won his first title in Nottingham, made two other finals after that in Atlanta and Los Cabos, but no big results in the majors. And that's... Fair or not, what we're judging these players on is how you do in the majors. And Fritz, he didn't perform in the majors. I mean, he lost sec- he lost second round of Wimbledon, and I believe he lost second round of the U.S. Open. Right. Um, and that's just not quite what I want to see. Right. Labor um, Cup is the only thing that saved him. He did very well. Good win at Labor Cup over a team. Almost sealed the deal for USA, but failed to. No, true. I mean, true. It came down to Rayanich. No, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I've been saying all year that the American men have been underperforming. Um, the women, quite frankly, look stronger. I've been saying that for a while, too. It is funny you mentioned Demonar and Fritz, though, because I think that perfectly sums up your point. They played in a final, one of the lead-ups to the U.S. Open. I think it was a 250, and Fritz just did not look like he had it at all. Demonar's a good player, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, that's a match. Even Demonar, when giving his speech, was like, uh, you know, this is a match that, you know, Taylor would win nine times out of ten, and it's, I mean, that's what everyone's thinking, and... Like you said, whether it's fair or not, we do judge on the majors because 
how many people realistically are watching Tennis Channel on a weekly basis to see the lead-up tournaments? You know, maybe us, but not very many people. A few more turn into the majors, but if you're not doing anything at the majors, everyone knows Coco Goff and these storylines because they killed it at the majors. Right. So it's a good point, and I mean, I do think we need to give some love to the American women because, frankly, I think they have been better than the men. Serena doesn't, that goes without saying, but mm-hmm. Madison Key's killing it, Coco Goff burst out onto the scene. There's a whole slew of Americans. Yeah, I want to shout out Sonya Cannon, too. Done really well. Her game's pretty uh, scrappy, but she—I mean, she's top twenty right now, and that's an American like woman you don't really hear a ton about. But she's top twenty, and you can't say the same yeah. about any guy mm. right now. It's true. There's a ton of those that, um, and uh, some of them went through college, which is even interesting to see. I mean, I remember Danielle Collins. She was all scrappy in college, and right. definitely like with the loud come ons, got some uh, got some people angry. But I love that. I think the Americans need that, and we need that chip on our shoulder mentality heading into these tournaments. Um, you like what you've seen from the American women, Alec? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there's a better crop of American women. You know, we have Amanda Nismova, too. You have Coco Goff. You know, Taylor Townsend is doing much better that than usual. I think Nismova really, semifinals with the French, I want to oh, That's a huge result. And I think, yeah. I think it's great for just women's tennis and American women tennis that she's doing great. Of course, yeah. So I Very think marketable. Very marketable. But we have, we have greater strength on the women's side. I don't think we have as much potential on the men. Um, as much as we like to see, but you know they're all doing well. I'm excited to see what they do in the future. One thing I would add is that in women's tennis, predominantly, they usually do better when they're younger. So maybe an unfair way to look at both sides. Statistically, the men look at just the big top three. They're all in their 30s, right? Juggers, yeah, right. early 30s. And that, that leads me to my next point. I think it's just so tough from anyone on the tour to really make a make a breakthrough because the top three are just they're just so dominant. And you know, we right. judge the American men maybe not performing as well, but look at the rest of the world or the rest of the tour. You got Fed Nadal, Rafa. I mean, they just they just dominate everything, whether right. it be slams, mm. Masters, any big tournament. And right. it's just hard for anyone to really break through. Mm-hmm. Um, but to push on that point, even if we don't set the Americans to have the standard of winning the majors, they should be at least doing as well as their counterparts and going right. deep into majors. Because we still haven't seen an American make that pass the semifinals into the finals consistently of majors. I, I think a big issue for me was too, like Paws, young, young, next-gen guy, only 21. He makes the semifinals. We right. don't have an American like Paws With his game, right. with his flair, making the semis of the Australian, beating Federer, we don't have a result like that this year that makes no. like it really jump out to you. Right. And I think it's a great point. You don't see our young American men beating top players, and that's part of the problem. Fritz runs into Djokovic. I mean, I remember doing these recaps, and I'm like, these are brutal draws, and he's just not ready to beat those guys yet. I mean, Isner can't even beat those guys, so how are mm-hmm. we going to expect no. you know this next young generation? I think their time will come. That's a great point. I mean, it's hard right now, and especially with the guys, maybe we do need to be a little more patient. Um, how crazy has it been for you guys? I, Fritz was the first one for me. We're all from SoCal. Fritz was San Diego, obviously. Seeing these guys, you know, Taylor Townsend, who was a girl that was around, right. Ernesto Escobedo, these guys and girls that were, like, in the same tourna- tournaments as us, now seeing them burst onto the scene, like, is that not so weird? No, it's very weird. I mean, I think it's weird for I played Fritz. Alistair has a win over Fritz. Um, it's weird for us. I think it gives a very personal touch to tennis. Not to say that we could ever be in their position, but it at least... But we can't. <laughs> well, I mean, it at least leaves open yeah. the possibility that we were in the same tournaments as right, they were as true. juniors. We kind of saw the path that went. they went on. 
and we kind of have a similar understanding of you know the heritage that they've brought now on the tour and i think that's really special for us particularly and to even see the next gen guys after that there's still a bunch of guys in college right now who could make a breakthrough in a few couple years but you know as of right now it is it is really cool for us i think I feel like you understand their journey way better too. As you've gone, you know how tough it is to make Mm -hmm. it and how good everyone is on tour. And it's just see guys you you grew up playing with make it. It just makes you appreciate that much more how tough it is to make it. I also think too it makes you feel old. Like the fact that that I'm I'm older than now, like like Fritz, who I I grew up playing when I was older than. I mean, he's top thirty in the world. And he's two years younger than me. It's it's crazy to me because yeah. all my like sports guys I, I watch on TV and tennis were always way older than me. And now the mm. fact I'm older than them, it's I don't like it, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's the reality. It is it's, reality. It is what it is. I completely agree, man. I remember two years ago, like when Curios really burst onto the scene and was killing it, and I was like, dude, like they're saying this kid's like 21, 20. I was like, wow, I'm older than this kid. Right. This guy's just murdering. It's freaky, it. dude. That was my wake up call. Especially how much they're making. Oh yeah. 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 I don't know if I'm making the same as Curios. You're, you're here grinding plus. lessons, and you got yeah. them I mean, making like 100k for a second round. Yeah. But, or Curios um, having to spend 100k. Yes. On yes. A, on we'll, a we'll get to that. We might yeah. have to get. To yeah. Let's talk about it right now. That's a good point. Why okay. don't you, for those who didn't know, I actually didn't know. I know Alec is probably one of the biggest Curios fans I know. <laughs> so Alec, is Alec. Yeah, we're fans. With what's um, going on with Mr. Curios? Yeah, so Curious has been through the arena. I mean, he got a 100K violation, just a culmination of this one match where he had a bunch of verbal abuses. He ended up allegedly spitting in the direction of the umpire, and he wrapped. Yeah, just just to fill in our, yeah. our listeners, it was at Cincinnati against Kachanov, I believe, second or third round. Yeah, correct. And that's when it went down. But correct, but yeah, so he racked up 100k in fines, which is the most that has, anyone has ever had in ATP. And you know, he obviously has this bad rap of having a bad character on court, which is debatable as whether or not it's good for tennis. I seem to take the more positive route. However, um, recently he actually just got on probation for the next six months where he can't have another violation, whether that be verbal or physical, in the tournaments leading up to six months probation or else he'll be suspended, which I believe is for another six months, but I'm not certain about that. But that's the current status of Curios. He actually posted a funny Instagram the other day. It was a picture of him and he wrote, I have to be be on my best behavior or best behavior or something like that, which alludes to the fact that he just got probation and if he messes up, he will certainly be suspended, which we would not love to see. No, that would be... Yeah, I mean, my thing on Curios is he is so good for the sport and we don't want to see him suspended. And I think the ATP even kind of maneuvered this suspension right. and um, kind of probation um, right. period when it was good for him. Kind of right. during the off season, the Asian swing, which he doesn't really mm-hmm. enjoy to play. Um, but yeah, he's so good for the sport, and that's the thing with Curios. He's a personality. And after Fed and Rafa are done, I don't think we have a lot of personalities. Exactly. Like, like a guy like Team is so boring. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like the guy, the guy is just so boring to watch at Labor Cup. Like he has no personality. No. And like you would much rather watch a guy like Curios play. Right. And right. I think sometimes it goes the other way. Sometimes I wish Curios would just shut up and win his match. Like exactly. he, he's playing a guy at Queens, like 200 in the world. Like it's like. Like, curious, like, just shut up and win your match. Like, you're way better than this guy. Well, Steve Johnson actually made that point in the U.S. Open. He actually got really mad at Curios because there's 
supposedly boys off the court. Right, but, they are. No, they are. But Stevie made a point. I don't remember exactly what he said. Something along the lines of "F off, let's just play tennis." Yeah. And he was apparently irate in the locker room afterwards, just because of how Curios acted towards him. And I think that's kind of where you have to draw a line, especially if you're playing friends of yours. I get that you're a different persona on the court than off the court, but there is still a general courtesy that has to be met in tennis and a certain professionalism that has to be met, even if you're trying to pave your way as an egregious character on tour. Yeah. Right, and I think that goes to, like, Curios. he showed up and played a tournament in Asia this week, and he hates the Asian swing. He's right. You can look on Instagram, it's a funny, funny thing he had. <laughs> He's like, thoughts about the Asian swing. He's like chugging like a stellar. Right. Which is funny, which I which I like. But then he shows up in Asia and loses to Seppi first round. It's like, well, Nick, like, if you don't want to go to Asia, just don't go to Asia. Yeah, just my don't opinion. play. Just don't play, right? Don't show up and lose to Seppi first round. No, like, just don't play, yeah, right? Like, right. Oh, now he claims he has an injury. Yeah. Not sure if that's a ploy from the ATP, given his probation. Well, it's, my thing is on months. Nick, and I think me and Alec <laughs> both agree, play less tournaments, but just try really hard and do well enough. Exactly. Like, I don't mind if you play less of schedule. I mean, that's another right. debate. If the tour is too long, which right. it probably is. Right, right. But... Like, yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, he should really only focus on maybe Masters 1000s and Grand Slams and a yeah. few I mean, sprinkling a he few. Kills 500. He kills the 500s. Oh, he loves he's the 500s. But, I mean, given the fact that he's 1 2, maybe it's now time to, you know, go right. on to the next level. I don't know if you think yeah. two's enough or two's not enough. But I think maybe what he should do is primarily focus on doing really well at the 1000s oh. and Grand Slams. And then if he's and, going through a downswing, maybe play a few 500s to up his confidence and, you know, winning more prize money is always... I mean, my, my issue, too, for Nick is Next at the Grand Slams... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, my issue, too, for Nick at Grand Slams, it's hard for him. I think three out of five sets kills Nick Kyrgios because it's more time for shit to go wrong in his head. And physically. And, and physically. He's not and physical. he's not the most fit. You no. know, he's not training <clears throat> like some of these guys. Super talented, but not Yeah, so I think three out of five just kills him physically and mentally. That's why I think he does so well at the 500s and the Masters because right. he plays two out of three. And I, I think, think three out yeah. of five just... It's rough. And I think that point carries on with the Americans. One thing that the Americans need to improve on is their physical fortitude to be able to go for the five set matches and do that consistently because I think that's what the Europeans are doing and South Americans are doing better than them. You'll see the Americans doing well mostly at the 250-500 level, maybe even 1,000. But I think that's one of the big reasons why they're not breaking through in the Grand Slams because they just don't have the physicality to make it through and grind through these opponents in five-set matches and carry that on. I think you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, now we're all coaching now, coaching juniors, coaching college players, and what are we always told? It's hard court, fast court, big serve, big forehand, get to the net and the point. What are the Spaniards doing? Training on clay, working their butts off all day, fit as can be, ready to just outlast you. Brings up a very good point. I mean, tennis is on. All those surfaces you got to play on clay you got to play on grass and a lot of our americans are just we talked about it months ago during clay season horrible and you can't just throw away a quarter of the season like that and expect it to not come back to get you in the rankings right. so it is unfortunate I, I love me a good nick curios rant yeah. this is the american tennis yeah. podcast but curios is just have to give an update you, you on got it home. you got it well Such see that's why he's so good for the sport we're talking about him exactly right. and people want to hear about it really yeah. i mean right you know with all the names we've mentioned all of these americans that are in our backyards the average listener, are they going to know some of those names? Probably not. Maybe they will. Are they going to go Nick Kyrgios? Absolutely. Yes. He draws people in. Yeah. So we love our Kyrgios update. Um, I want to get back to just that kind of weird spot that we're in, just to touch on it a little bit, because 
we're starting to see those names, some of those guys we played with really break through. You see some of those other guys, our friends who have recently graduated from college. I know Alistair Tanner Smith, a friend of yours, I see him often around at the academy, and now he's starting to play, trying to break into that future circuit. So we kind of see some of those names. You have Reese Stalder, another friend of yours. Right. Anyone that you see that maybe hasn't bursted onto the big scene Ooh. yet, but that you know is playing and maybe has a chance to sneak into that challenger range? Yeah, I think one person, at least from my perspective, is Brandon Holt. He played at USC. You, got, you picked mine. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he has the potential to do well on tour, especially because you know, his mom is Tracy Austin, has lived through the professional life, probably has a good understanding of it. But besides that, I don't know. Do you have any other Alistair? Well, I think actually, I think it's uh, Tanner's cousin. I think Keegan Smith could really? be a really good player. Oh, wow. I really do. Oh. I mean, he won NCAA doubles with uh, Maxime Cressy. Uh, Cressy's really doing well on the, uh, the Challenger Tour. Two hundreds, right? Ranked well, 200s. He, I think he's in the two hundreds. You looked yeah, it up, we right? It up, yeah. I mean, they they won the uh, yeah the NCAA's. They got yeah. a wild card in the U.S. I think they actually almost won their first round. But I think Keegan Smith. He's really tall, huge yeah. serve, moves pretty well for his size. Mm. Just got a big game, and that's what you kind of need, I think, to make it on tour. You need serious weapons, and I think yep. that's what he's got. Now those Smith and, and he's got an attitude, too. That, uh, Keegan Smith, really good competitor. Yeah, I think that matters. Yeah, oh, it does matter. And yeah, those, it doesn't. <laughs> something else that matters, those Smith boys all got that height gene on their side. <laughs> and they're all like giants, 6'5". Yeah, for sure. So that that definitely helps. Um, the last thing I want to talk about, we're all, like I said, involved in the Southern California um, tennis scene, coaching to different extents, playing tournaments. You guys have a men's open coming up this weekend. Love to see that you guys are still playing. That's awesome. Um, I just want to see now, you know, people that aren't necessarily breaking through tomorrow or next week, but the kids that we're coaching, there are a lot of talented juniors here in America. You can't deny that. I'm kind of curious, looking at the kids you're coaching, what do you see from these kids? Work ethic patterns, attitudes, game styles? What's Do you guys see any common themes? Do you think they have, like, what it takes to make it? Yeah, I guess I'll start on this one. I think one thing that's lacking, or at least the structure of American tennis is lacking, is too much of an emphasis on college tennis versus professional tennis. If you look at Europe, even high school tennis, even high school tennis <laughs> but the kids are playing more with a passion out of pure love of the sport and are willing to take that to the highest ceilings possible whereas in america there's such a high priority on college tennis which don't get me wrong it's not a bad thing but if you want to see these americans break through the professional level there kind of has to be a less of an emphasis to go to college first and then go to the tour it's been difficult for some guys obviously there's been some guys who've done it well like steve johnson but even him he hasn't really broken through to that no. next level I think they need to well, zero. Steve John, you don't think he has? I mean, well, I mean, has he won a major? Well, <laughs> I mean, what's standard? I mean, he's he been was, top twenty. Well, no, but he was, of course, but he was playing challengers well, two months ago. I, I mean, mean, I'd argue Stevie's almost. Stevie's I an anomaly. Well, I think he's of achieved what he should have achieved. Okay, the guys but, don't back him. But of like, course, true. But to Alex's point, this is statistically the best college tennis player we've ever seen. Right. Stevie. You know, Yes, right. yeah. he won the NCAA's twice, didn't lose a match, you know, however many consecutive right. matches. Like, and he's, he's still not, not breaking well, into the okay. tournament. That doesn't bode well for the rest right. of the Right, and then look at all the Europeans who have, or South Americans who have broken into the top 100, top well, 50. That goes to coaching, winning. right? And that's We're a fair like, show here. Right. We give Alistair a chance to explain this <laughs> position. Why, why, why do you, you disagree, sense? Alistair? No, I mean, but that's basically it. You know, I think... The kids here, they have a more structured plan with their tennis. For me, as an example, when I play tennis, I wanted to get as good a tennis as possible to go to the best academic school possible, right. which fit my goals and my pursuit, which is totally fine. I have the professional dream that some of us share. But with that as such a strong availability, 
and so, even such a strong judgment in America, opposed to Europe, you know, the families there, the people there aren't going to be judging you for as much for achieving your dream and taking it to the next level and maybe not going to college for that. Whereas in America, it's seen as you're kind of screwing yourself for the post, you know, tennis life where you have to actually get a job and perform in that regard. That's, so that's exactly what I was going to ask you because you played ITFs all over the world in the juniors. You traveled, you saw this. Is it a societal thing that just America values college so much, you know, rightfully so, but you see so many talented guys and I think we all know them. We don't need to say names, but that are so good in the juniors get, you know, scholarships to these top right. schools, whatever, and then they're like, oh, I got into college, like, I'm fine, and then just coast, and any, like, aspirations of a professional career are just done. Exactly. Well, I'm not sure if they're all off the table, but I will say your attention is diverted. Mm-hmm. It's probably your first time going to college parties, mm-hmm. your first time maybe perhaps looking at other avenues that you would want to pursue outside of college, maybe within your major, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas if you just fully committed yourself to tennis right from high school, right into pro tennis, your goal is pretty clear cut. As opposed to college tennis, you kind of have a lot more of distractions, which they may or may not be good or bad based on your personal development. But if we're strictly talking about breaking through to that top professional level, I think there's too many distractions to actually break through. That's a fair point. What do you think, Alistair? Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think, I mean, there's something to be said. I think there's a reason that, you know, the Europeans, the Spanish guys, the uh, even the South American, the Argentinians, the, the Europeans in general, they have a more complete game than Americans. I feel like you look at any American player, they have a massive flaw in their game. Like Andy Roddick, great American player, no backhand. Right. You know, like John Isner. I mean, I know he's tall, but like no ground strokes. Right. Really, every American player has a giant like hole in their game, and the the Europeans they don't. Right. Look at this, the, the French guys. Right, they're all around players. They're they're they got right. some flair, flash their game, and we don't. And I don't have the exact answer to why that is. But so, the matter I mean, of fact, it is a fact. Do you think that that's just do. a generational thing? Because if you look back at McEnroe, Connors, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, that's well, when American tennis was at its peak. Yeah. And, you know, maybe their playing styles fit that generation. Could be because of the technology of the rackets, et cetera, et cetera. The opportunities for people well, to be able to play tennis. I just want to touch on one quick flaw I have in tennis in general, maybe just in the States. But I think there's a lack of, like, film. Like, looking at film, looking at video. Right. Like, what sport do you not look at film? Yeah, I feel like tennis is one of the only ones. Like, you look at football, right. basketball, even golf. Soccer. You're always analyzing. You're analyzing your swing. Right. You're analyzing in football how the play went. Right. Um, what defense the opponent is showing mm. uh, what offense you're running tennis you don't do any of that right i feel like you go through a lesson you never look at your swing you never look at your technique and it kind of screwed me because i brought up with bad technique and i feel right. like if i had a video that might have helped that, so i think looking yeah. at film is a huge like gap i don't understand why tennis doesn't do that but i is really that tennis don't generally or do you think that's just american tennis i think because it's i think it's well there has to be a reason why the europeans are doing better than well americans. i can only speak to american tennis but right. i do know american tennis you're never looking at film right no, you're never true. looking and i feel like today's generation are such visual learners that mm-hmm. is so funny you say that because i mean that's just so true thinking about for you know the other job i work as a sports reporter for a tv station football basketball baseball all the sports i cover over there film is their big thing the day right. after the game you're interviewing and they're already back looking at the film and compare that to us remember when we were back in the juniors playing tournaments there was no film and if oh, there no. was some random kid right. whose dad was like videoing the right. match that kid was like weird you're like, no, I, I, knew, I knew a really good player in college the guy was one of the best players at Nova right. really good player like right. a five star player he said oh I never watched myself play tennis right. yeah. and this guy was like a good player like clean game he never watched himself play like how 
yeah. like that, that just baffled me no that's like, a good point it's a very good point and it's also i mean i think part of it too is why maybe it doesn't happen but it is so valuable think about a tennis match compared to some of these other sports right a football game there's a few big highlight electric plays that are like you look at this oh we blocked well we did this well tennis there's just so many dang points right. two out of three right. set match like it would probably be the best thing for us but I just think like we don't have the attention span, right. or at least the dedication here in American tennis mm-hmm. to sit through a whole match. I mean, that just has well, parent and well, kids shouting. I feel like too, we don't have the resources or the interest. Yeah, like, like football, well, like people are like actively breaking down film. Like, what do we do right? There's right. just so much interest in high school football and the sport in general. Right. Tennis, there's just not that, uh, yeah. and also the time too. Like, it just takes so much time well, to analyze a match. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. Right, it is well, what it is. Also going on a slight tangent, I think the kids in American tennis are much more supervised than Europeans in a sense, because the Europeans have a liberty just to go out with their friends. There's less supervision from the parents controlling every aspect. So I think from an early age, dedicated American tennis players kind of start to look at tennis as if it's a job and completing it as, okay, I'm going to go to my practices, finish that, and just to try to finish everything so that they don't have to do it. Whereas opposed to the Europeans or anywhere else around the world, they look at tennis as the fun aspect of their day that they're going to be in training with friends and actually involved into it. I think you just hit the nail on the head. One of our coaches at the academy is from Turkey. And we'll often just talk about the kids and it's just like, she'll tell me she was, you know, 16 years old traveling all through Europe playing tournaments with her academy, no parents. Like, that's just the culture. Here, last weekend, I stopped by a tournament site because I had to check in with one of my bosses and talk to them. And literally, you see a tournament going on and every parent's nose pressed to the back fence. I mean, it's so different here. And not only is it that, but think of the extra pressure that I think we can all speak to. When you have your dad or your mom there staring at you, like, you know, judging every play. I mean, for me, that added a ton of pressure. Right. No, I agree. Yeah. I don't know if this is related or not, but I know a lot of Eastern European countries, like the, the players, they have to make it. Like, like Djokovic, I know Ivanovic, they grew up, like, playing in a swimming pool yeah. compared to a tennis court, and they have to make it. If they don't make it, like, what are they going to do with their lives? Right. Here, we have so many other options, like, yeah. and, and we're, we're blessed for that, but, right. I mean, a lot of us in America come from, like, de- we're decently well off with our family and our opportunities, but, like, a lot of players in South America, Eastern Europe, they have to make it in tennis. There's just desperation, right. and in America... That, that's not the case. We have other avenues, other opportunities that we can take advantage of, and mm. we have a fallback, whereas a lot of players, they don't. It's true, and that brings me to one of my closing point that I really just want to hammer home and get your guys' thoughts on now that you guys are coaching juniors. I think you just said it perfectly because I see it firsthand with these kids. I love these kids. They're respectful kids. One thing I will say, tennis seems to foster respectful, good kids as opposed to other sports, so there's that. But these kids are more worried about their social life, their phones, whatever distraction is there. And I was telling Alec, I was like, I really don't think young Rafael Nadal was doing right. his, checking his phone with Uncle Tony. I don't think that would have gone over well, right? Yeah. So I think you just hit it on the head. We do have so many other distractions here, other things that people worry about. Whereas in these other countries, this is it, dude. Like, you make it or, you know, good right. luck to you, right? No, that's yeah. such a good point. And I completely agree. I don't think it's a bad thing at all in terms of your personal character development. They can still end up being good kids and they can get good jobs after college, maybe completely unrelated to tennis, and that's completely fine. But if we're strictly talking about making it in the pros, being that next player to break through, 
your life kind of has to be fully dedicated to tennis and not only fully dedicated to tennis, there has to be a genuine aspect to it to where you genuinely want to break through and be the top. You can't have your parents pushing you to be the top or being something that you don't genuinely want. The best players never have had that parent that have wanted it more than they wanted it themselves. Right, and I wonder if another part of it is just here in America, Texas, uh, Texas, tennis isn't viewed as a sexy sport, right? You think right. football, you think basketball, you think baseball. Some of those other countries, sure, you have soccer. They don't have American football, right? right. Soccer's huge, you yeah. know, you maybe get... Some, Rugby, arguably. Right, I right. mean, yeah, that, I even, feel like... that is probably, I would think, one of their go-tos out there. No, that, out, that opens a whole other debate. People are like, oh, why is American tennis struggling? A lot of people argue our best athletes aren't playing tennis. Because it, just like you said, it's right. not a priority. Right. Our, best, our best athletes well, are playing football, basketball, yeah. you know, even uh, baseball, hockey, right. or even right. just going on in the cruise. Our, our best yeah. athletes are not playing tennis. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the attitude of the country as a whole, right. whether tennis is interesting or not. Right. And, you know, we could have a whole other debate on how to make tennis more interesting right. or more relevant. Show be referencing Curios a lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, I, I don't. I don't disagree. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, as of now, it, it's just not a priority. And how do we how do we make it a priority? I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think yeah. that's that's, that's the issue. I mean, that's the gold question. Right? <laughs> how do we do that exactly? Well, guys, I enjoyed this immensely. I really did. Um, before we wrap it up here, is there anything else you guys wanted to say, just to the listeners? Anything else you had on your chest? Thank you for having us. Is what I <laughs> yeah, want to say. Yeah, thank you for having <laughs> us. Thank you guys for coming on. You guys do me the favor by coming on here and sharing your wisdom with me. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you guys for listening to the American Tennis Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.